Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and today I have another preview for you. Now, Ivy Media, my company, has been around for a while. Last year, we developed Ivy Media Podcasts, where we invited other podcasters to join our collective. And so we have a host of podcasts that we have over there. And one thing I want to do is I always want to share them with you. The reason I want to share them with you is because if I believe in them enough to have them on my own network then I believe that they're worth you listening to as well. And so you heard Ministry Strong a couple weeks ago. Today's going to be another one. And then in a couple weeks, I'm going to show you another one. If you're interested in what Ivy Media does, go to ivy.media. All the information's there. Today, I want to play a podcast from our newest member of Ivy Media Podcast. And that is Deborah Faleta from the Love and Relationships Podcast. Now, I met Deborah a couple years ago when I was a guest on her podcast, and she's been on my podcast. I've, I've read her books, all the things. I really, really, really respect Deborah, and I respect her advice that she has on love and relationships. Now, what you need to know about Deborah is she is a licensed professional counselor. She's also an author, and she's passionate about spreading the message that healthy people make healthy relationships. No matter what your relationship status, you're going to find so much good, good, good information on her podcast entitled Love and Relationships with Deborah Faleda. I'm super excited that she's joined Ivy Media Podcast Collective. And I want you to go subscribe to her podcast wherever you listen to shows. Wherever you listen, just go in the search button and look for Love and Relationships with Deborah Faleda and you will find her. All right, friends, here's my conversation with Deborah, And then we're going to play a little preview of her show as well. So you can get a little gist of what her conversations are like. Deborah, welcome back to the happy hour. It is good to be back as always, Jamie. It is good to be here. The last time you were on was in 2021, episode 387. And I always love when you're on the happy hour. But today is a special reason that you're on the happy hour. And I wish that like we had some kind of like air confetti that we could that could pop in people's <laughs> ears and like congrats and parties and clapping sounds because that's what I would run, want right now um, to tell everyone the reason that you're here. And I'm so excited is that I would like to introduce um, you to our podcasting network, Ivy Media Podcast. You are our newest podcast to come over and we are so, so, so very excited to have you. Congratulations, Deborah. <laughs> this is so fun. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be so much fun. We're so excited. And at Ivy Media Podcast, which if people don't know, I'll explain it just for a second. And then I want you to dive in and talk about your show. Ivy Media Podcast exists to really bring podcast creators uh, together to form, a to form a collective and a community. We believe in shows that are encouraging people. We believe in shows that are pointing people to Jesus. And we just want to help people create great content. And and we launched Ivy Media Podcast in May of 2022. 
And so you are our ninth podcast host, uh, ninth podcast show uh, to join the network. And we're super excited. So I would love to give you a little bit of time to just tell us about your show. Like, tell us your purpose. Tell us your mission. Tell us why you love podcasting. Yeah, I will definitely do that. But first, I think I want to say that I'm excited to be a part of this team and I love the collaboration and the coming alongside of each other. I think sometimes in the, the, the creative space, there can be a lot of competition and comparison and jealousy. But the reason I was so drawn to you guys and what you're doing is because I truly feel that it's women encouraging women, Christians encouraging Christians, creators encouraging other creators to just do what God has called us to do and do it to the best of our ability. And there's no competition there because we're each called to bring the message that God has called us to bring and we help each other bring it. So I'm excited to be a part of this team and to bring the message that God has placed on my heart. So I'm, I'm just excited. Well, thank you for those um, kind words. And we really, that's what we aim to do. And so it's exciting to hear someone say, this is what I see you do. So tell us about your podcast. Yeah, so my podcast is called Love and Relationships with Deborah Faleta. And it's a hotline style show. So what that means is my listeners call in with all kinds of questions about everything from love and relationships and marriage and dating and singleness, but also things about mental and emotional health because I'm a licensed counselor and that's where my heart and passion is. And if I had to give you an umbrella theme of my my message, it would be that healthy people make healthy relationships. And sometimes mm. we focus on the healthy relationships portion, but most oftentimes we're focusing on becoming healthy as an individual. So people call in the hotline and oftentimes it's live callers and we're just talking through an issue. Sometimes it's a couple, sometimes it's an individual and we just talk through whatever is on their mind, impromptu, raw, unedited. We just kind of to have a an on-air conversation like I would with any counseling session. Okay, I want to tell you that this reminds me when I was growing up of listening to conversations like, remember Dr. Drew? Is that who had the online call-in thing? Um, and then there's this radio station in town where I live and people call it and they do these like r crazy random things in the in the, in the the callers. They come in and they have these things that they tell the DJ and then they call someone else and I get sweaty armpits when I listen because I'm like, I can't believe this is going down. Um, but I truly love your format. And here's why I love it, Deborah, is because I think so many times we neglect the fact that we can learn and grow through hearing other people's growth. And it's right. it's beautiful how that happens. Is Something will click and you'll go, I've never heard anyone say that before, either what you're personally feeling or even what a counselor would say back to them. And you have this moment of feeling seen and heard and you're not even in the counseling room. And so that's what I love so much about your show. What do what do you feel that your listeners like? Do, are they saying the same thing that they love that as well when they're when they're listening to these live calls? Yeah, I think that's the beauty of it is that we realize that we're not alone that you know what other people are going through these exact type of things and even when it's not the exact same we still have something to learn from each other i even learn in my calls mm -hmm. you know like god brings things to my attention that i haven't thought through before or areas of growth or challenges you know and, and it's all kinds of things i remember one of my very first callers was a woman who was struggling with trust issues and she's like i don't know if the problem is in me 
or if it's in the relationship. Like, how do I know? How do I know if it's him that's a problem or if it's something inside of me? Mm-hmm. We have people come on to talk about anxiety, mental and emotional health, depression. Uh, my favorite is a series that we do every February called Couples Therapy, where we have married couples come on and, and literally talk through their marriage issues. We pull back the curtain mm-hmm. on marriage and we have really important conversations. And I think that's something a lot of us can relate to, especially marriage. It's one of those areas where we're very comfortable showing the good stuff on Instagram, but the hard stuff, not so much. And, Mm. you know, Jamie, I always laugh because all these other podcasters and and bloggers are writing these cute little Valentine's posts and I'm like coming at you with marriage therapy, couples therapy. But I really feel like we can learn so much from each other and and collaborate with one another another series that i love that i think was one of your favorites too jamie as we did the are you really okay series i was gonna bring it up because it was so good (laughs) yeah it was live on air counseling sessions with different pastors and leaders um christine kane was on there levi lusco louis giglio mike todd i mean we've got we had all kinds of people come on and just have literally a counseling session. I pushed the record button. There was no edits. It was uncut material. And we just talked through their own journey Mm -hmm. of mental and emotional health. And I really believe that when we can be vulnerable like that, change happens Mm -hmm. from the top down. When we can begin to be vulnerable as podcasters, as leaders, it shows people that we're all on this journey together and we can learn and grow from each other. Yeah, and I think it's important too, you said, you know, with the couples therapy, you're you're bringing the curtain back and looking back in. And I think also with your podcast series that I loved so much, I texted you about it as I was listening. Um, Are you really okay? I love that so much because it also said to the public, hey, the people that you follow, the people that are leading you, they're real people too. They're real people with real struggles and real problems um, and real emotions. And they also need real help um, for professionals and from Jesus and I I love it it like leveled the playing field a little bit and so yeah um your podcast has been one of my favorites forever I loved that book that that it has the same name and I've been grateful to come on your show and you come on my show and we are so excited so excited at Ivy Me at a podcast to have you so excited that we got a clip for you guys so here's a clip um from your show Hey everyone, welcome back to the Love and Relationships Podcast. I'm your host, Deborah Faleda. For those of you who don't know me, I'm a licensed professional counselor and author of five books. My podcast is typically a hotline style show where I tackle all your questions in candid, practical, bite-sized answers. But for the next few weeks, we're shifting gears a little bit. I wrote a book called, Are You Really Okay? Getting real about who you are, how you're doing, and why it matters. And I really believe it's my most important book yet. In this book, I challenge you to really dig deep and honestly assess how you're doing emotionally, spiritually, mentally, and physically. I think it's easy for us to pretend we're doing okay until we're not. It takes courage and understanding to really answer that question honestly and begin taking steps to heal from the inside out. So for the one-year anniversary of Are You Really Okay? We're turning the tables a little bit I've invited some of the top Christian leaders and teachers to join me on the podcast for on-air counseling sessions, where I challenge them to answer this question. Are you really okay? Over the next few weeks, 
we're going to get an inside peek into the lives of some of the most influential people in the church today and begin honestly assessing how we're doing from the top down. I'm so proud and honored to be having these conversations with men and women who are courageously paving the way for open and honest conversations about their personal mental and emotional health. So let's dig in to season one of the Are You Really Okay series. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music. Just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. You're in for a treat today, my friends, because we have Christine Kane, my friend and mentor, joining us on the podcast today. Christine Kane is an Australian-born, Greek-blooded lover of Jesus, and I think that's why her and I get along so well. 
She's an author and a speaker, and her and her husband, Nick, founded the anti-human trafficking organization called the A21 Campaign. She's an amazing woman, but today she shares her story with you and with me. The hard places that she's walked through, not knowing if she was going to make it to the other side. Her vulnerability and authenticity in this episode is so powerful and so encouraging. And I know this conversation with Christine is going to bless you tremendously. Friends, I couldn't be more excited for our guest today. My dear friend, Christine Kane, is joining us to talk about her journey with mental and emotional health. So, First of all, Christine, thank you so much for being a part of this series. Deborah, I am fired up. I'm so pumped. I love the whole series. I love what you're doing, and I love that I'm going to be one of your guinea pigs. (laughs) (laughs) Free therapy. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. I'm up for it. You know, I think having you on today is really important because people see you as Christine Kane, you know. And they see everything the Lord is doing in you and through you. And I think people forget that you're a human being with real life struggles, with a real process of sanctification, like a real journey with Jesus. And so before we dive in, though, to to your personal journey, I want you to tell us a little bit about you, your family, your ministry, and what you're up to. Sure. Well, I've just celebrated 25 years of marriage with my husband, Nick, which is uh, awesome. He's That's a great amazing. guy. And we have two daughters, uh, Catherine Bobby, who is 19, and Sophia Joyce, who is 15. And, you know, for my mother-in-law, that's not a lot of children because Nick is number 14 of 15 children. And so, yeah, there was like no television in that part of Australia. And so it was, (laughs) they were busy. And I would take my two kids to my mother-in-law and go, this is Catherine Bobby, my alpha, and this is Sophia Joyce, my omega, and this is the beginning and the end of my childbearing (laughs) years. So I had my first child at 35 and uh, Catherine Bobby when I was 39. Um, So it kind of, you know, happened later in in my 30s for me. And so together with Nick, I have the incredible privilege of overseeing A21, which is a global anti-human trafficking organisation. And so we have 180 staff in 15 countries around the world. And um, so that keeps us busy, to say the least. And then we also head up Propel Women, um, which again is another global organization. We have 4,000 chapters in 120 countries, and that's really helping women to internalize the leadership identity and fulfill their purpose. And with that, I also uh, do a lot of teaching and preaching around the world. And so, you know, I've got a lot to keep me busy. Absolutely. And this is where I think this conversation is so important because when you're in this space of giving and pouring out, it is crucial to constantly be aware of your personal health and how you're doing because you can only pour out as you're being filled up, right? A hundred percent. You only ever give out of the overflow of your heart. And so if I thank God that that I learned very early on. But Deborah, for me, I could not not learn that because I came to Christ so broken, so damaged, so desperate that I had to learn very early on that I needed help if I was going to make this and that uh, my Christian ministry could only flow from the inside out. And 
I think, you know, some people have to learn this the hard way. I came into it <laughs> so broken yeah. that I would not have even been able to start had I not understood the need um, for really, really good mental and emotional health. Yeah, and I think you just said it. I mean, you started at such a broken place that you learned quickly, like, I have to focus on healing. But some people don't start there. Some people start, you know, quote, unquote, thinking they're healed and then realize, wait a second, there's layers here that I haven't really dealt with. So talk us through a time when you personally were not okay. You looked at your life and you were like, I'm not a good place right now. Sure. Well, I'll go very recent because uh, in my life, I don't know that you're going to find total healing this side of eternity. Am I so healed that I don't need Jesus? You know, sometimes we right. think, okay, well, I, I um, am healed and here we go. But so it's been an ongoing thing. But I'll go recently just um, a couple of years ago and, you know, I just wrote a book called How Did I Get Here? Because it, it really talks about this time of trauma and pain. And the whole world's been there. But for me, it was amplified towards the end of 2016. So 2017, 2018 were the periods of my life where I didn't think I was going to make it. And so what had happened to trigger, I think, a lot of things for me was I celebrated my 50th birthday um, wow. in 2016, had 150 of my friends around. We were dancing, you know, had a great, great night. I came home and turned on my phone and there were 26 missed calls from my brother back home in Australia to tell me that my mother had died that night. Mm. And so, you know, here I come. In some ways, this is the story of my life. In, in my greatest, you know, I'm having this celebration thinking finally, I'm having a lot of joy and then bang, that night my mum died. And in a three-month period while I was here living in America, um, so my mother died, my sister-in-law, who's my exact age, uh, my brother's wife, she died of cancer, my husband's older sister died of cancer and my husband's brother-in-law died of cancer. So suddenly in a three-month period, I'm on the other side of the world, there is all of this loss. At the same time, there's the whole trauma that a lot of the world was going through, 2016, 2017, just very volatile times politically, socially. I'm, you know, on the front lines of doing social justice work and I'm also doing faith-based work. And so there was a lot of tension arising in that whole thing. Um, a lot of things were coming to the fore with abuse scandals uh, throughout the church in the world. So there was constant things on social media. And when you're a public figure like me, you kind of inadvertently, whether you want to or not, you're getting dragged into certain things. And people make a lot of presuppositions and assumptions about you without knowing you. And suddenly I'm I'm reading certain things online going, I can't believe this. These people don't even know me. And, yeah. you know, so I've got this happening. So I've got the personal loss of my mother and a lot of what that triggered in me to do with my own adoption, right. uh, never having met my biological mother um, and being left in a hospital unnamed and unwanted. So there was abandonment issues, things that I had worked through in a lot of ways, but there's something another layer that's yes. unraveled when um, even at 50 running a global ministry, all of a sudden my mother dies and then I'm left with, I don't really know my biological mother and there's more loss and grief and abandonment. And I think the thing that was the worst thing, all of that happened. And so all of this is within a three, four month period. Then my friend who at the time was my closest friend 
And, you know, like all of us, perhaps even the more visible you become, the tighter your circle becomes Mm -hmm. um, outside of the limelight. Yeah. And so I'd finally got this friend that kind of understood my life that, you know, we were doing the same sort of thing. And I had, for me to be that vulnerable with someone was really, you know, not an easy thing to get to, and especially at my age. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of all this loss and abandonment, you know, my friend going through her own trauma and loss just basically, uh, you know, steps out and steps back. And so it was like this visceral reaction to me of unbelievable rejection and abandonment. And I mean, the two things that in my life I have had to fight to overcome time and time again is just feelings of rejection, abandonment. I guess it goes right back to being in my mother's womb and being left at a hospital. And it all happened while simultaneously the world is unraveling and, um, you know, so much is happening in the public space. And then I'm going through this internal private meltdown. And there was this one night I walked into our bedroom and Nick was watching this documentary on the Navy SEALs here in America and, you know, the elite troops and training. And and he was watching this show about Hell Week and it was where the SEALs, so you have to be very an elite, elite kind of a person to be able to even get into Hell Week. And you go into this one week where they try to break you down psychologically, break you down physically, um, and to see who is going to make it to become a Navy SEAL. And the big thing that they try to do is break you, because if they can break you there, you won't break on the front lines. And the whole goal is to go in and ring the bell and just say, I'm done. I can't finish this training. I'm I'm going to stay in the military, but I'm not going to be a, a SEAL. It's just too hard. And there was this one scene, they dropped the soldiers out of the helicopter into the freezing cold water where they were going to have to be for nine hours. And, you know, it was a, a part of the test to see whether they would make it. And I started weeping, which is just so unlike me. And I remember Nick just looked over at me like, what's wrong? And I said, I think this is exactly how I feel. I've always thought, you know, I'm in the Navy SEALs of the Christian church, frontline ministry. I'm born for it. I'm very resilient. I'm tenacious. God has wired me up to be very much at the front line. But it's like I felt like I was dropped out of the helicopter, had to swim to shore, and I knew this is going to be a nine-hour swim. It's going to be cold spiritually speaking. And I knew I could take it. I knew I could handle it. I knew I wasn't going to die. I knew that um, my body could handle it, you know, all of the things. But and I, I just, I was crying. And I said to Nick in the midst of it, I go, but for the first time in my Christian life, I don't know if I want to. I don't know. And I had never, Deborah, come to a place in my life. There were lots of times where I thought, I don't think I can make this. Very different to, I don't want to. I know what it's going to take to make this. Mm -hmm. And I know that I can make this, but I don't think I want to. Mm -hmm. I don't want, because I know, I know the pressure that comes with this. I may as well paint a target on my forehead and say, (laughs) come and get me. You know, um, it's just take more cost, more sacrifice, more attacks, more being misrepresented um, and more loss and more grief and Mm. more pain um, with going ahead. And I was just like, and this is what I literally thought, I could take my foot off the gas and I have so much ministry momentum for 30, I've got 30 years behind me and there is so little sort of real spiritual discernment in the body that I've got enough momentum. Nobody's even going to realise that I've taken my foot off the gas for probably about 10 years because, you know, I could just turn up and maybe speak and do a couple more things that 
are visible and, you know, no one knows really. And then I remember I was weeping and I said to Nick, but the issue is um, Jesus would know. Jesus would know that I took my foot off the gas and that I didn't run my race and finish my course, no no matter what anyone else thinks. um, That triggered some physical reactions in me that I hadn't had. Like I I started to uh, not be able to sleep at night because I was just working through what am I going to do, what am I going to do, and the the loss and the pain and then do I want to keep going and, you know, the world is unravelling and people are expecting me to bring answers and, and, you know, to sort of uh, be stable. And there was this one night a few weeks after that, I mean, I would get up every night at three o'clock, could not sleep. And my mind, like, you know, I've always had obsessive rumination that, but I just could not bring my thoughts into captive. Um, I just, into captivity to the knowledge of God. I just could not stop my mind. And there was one day I went outside on the balcony. I was shaking my mind. And I I had what my therapist later told me was like a a mild panic attack. And I knew then I am not going to be able to think my way out of this. And so I went back into seeing a counsellor for about a really intense six months, three times a week, um, to try to process all of that loss, all of that grief, all of that rejection, all of that abandonment Mm. while simultaneously leading, you know, a global ministry while the world is unravelling politically, socially to do with issues of social justice. You know, the world's getting ready to go into a global pandemic. I mean, all of the things were happening at the same time. So there you go. That was my most recent. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Bettys.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com. Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back. Get 15% cash back at hundreds of stores, including headliners, Adidas, Elf Cosmetics, and Lego. Rakuten is how in-the-know shoppers get the best savings. They shop the brands they love and earn cash back on top of deals. During Big Give Week, May 6th to May 13th, the cash back rates are even bigger. You can save on everything you need for summer like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. Join today for free and get an extra 10% cash back boost. That's an extra 10% cash back on top of Big Give Week's 15% cash back. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app, R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. When people don't understand trauma, like you said, you have this underlying wound of abandonment, you know, Mm -hmm. of rejection. And I think it's inevitable for anyone who has experienced adoption to feel that, to question that, especially in your situation. It's like, was I wanted? Was I loved? Even if your family of origin that raised you was filled with love, there's still that processing that has to happen. So what you're saying is fast forward, you already have this underlying, what I call an emotional black and blue. It's like kind of sore from your past, but nothing presently is happening, right? And then all of a sudden you're facing rejection from your platform, social media, whatever, people who don't even know you, rejection and abandonment from the friend, 
feelings of abandonment and loss from all of these people that have just suddenly passed away. It almost feels like the control, like someone like rips the control out of your hand. And all of a sudden that trauma history is starting to get flared up. It's triggered, you know, it's back. And again, you're invited into the next layer of healing. I think sometimes people think when they have these flashbacks, when they have these experiences of going backwards, they feel like they're backtracking and they're healing. But really what's happening is the Lord is like, it's time for the next level of healing. It's time for the next layer. I'm going to peel back something new to reveal something amazing underneath. So it's not backtracking. In a way, it's healing. In a way, it's God saying, you're ready for the next thing. And let me help you get there. You know, I'm shedding the weight layer by layer by layer. And that's kind of what was happening to you. I I love that you noticed the physical symptoms because, you know, what's interesting is for some people, the physical symptoms come first. For others, the emotional symptoms come first. For you, it sounds like there was that emotional explosion followed by this series of physical symptoms with sleep. Very much so. Yeah, that would be what happened. You you talked about having commonly experiencing ruminations. What what does that look like for you? It's just my mind, uh, it doesn't turn up. I think it's like I'm, I'm trying to work it out because so much of my my life is is problem solving like everything so there's a great gift of you know being able to look ahead work things out and I think a lot of this is so much of this I did not see coming and so I felt so out of control and you bring abuse issues into that you know like the thing I hate more than anything is to uh, be surprised and not have control and I think for me in particular the friend issue was a really deeply uh, traumatic thing for me because it's like the ultimate rejection, especially at, at this age and stage. And it's like, how could I not have seen that coming? How could I have just so uh, misunderstood the the strength of that friendship, of what I, I had assumed was, you know, like so strong? And if I was wrong about that, what else am I wrong about? You know, yeah. that's the whole thing. What other things? And then because with my adopted mom, she was a, a great lady and did the best that she could, but we never connected. And, you know, we had so much, such a painful history uh, with my mom. And so I think um, a lot of that was brought to the fore where you, where it just went, went over. I think it was really, if I had to go backwards, the, the actual what I perceived to be rejection from my friend actually then began to unravel, making me really think through my adopted mom and then go right back to then my biological mother, things that I thought I had dealt with, you know, why why was I left in a hospital? Why was there no name? And then it's, this is where the rumination then started. And you could just go, I always say I'm one thought away from going back to how I used to think. I was crippled for years with thoughts of um, there must be something wrong with me. There must be something broken with me. And what I found with this was it triggered that. And I would, um, again, start going, thinking 30 years of following Jesus, here I am doing what I'm doing. Was I kidding myself? <laughs> like, is this, is this all like, you know, um, and I think it was really all of that. And then not everyone, I mean, you do what I do. Um, you're not going to get everything right all the time and you're going to make mistakes. It's just that when you make them, they become a lot more public. And so I, I remember thinking, 
am I not a human like everybody else? Can I not receive grace? Like why is there a uh, a subhuman or a, a, a superhuman expectation um, on someone like me? And I kept thinking, do I want to keep going? Because this is only going to increase. And the way that, I mean, you know, now we live in the midst of cancel culture and everything that's happening. I think I was just the first wave of starting to see some of those things come to pass. And I was like, if you can't control all of that, is this really worth it? Like, is it worth it? Could I still do what I'm called to do, but do it in anonymity and obscurity in the back of nowhere at a much different pace and, you know, in a way, again, that I can control as opposed to a way that requires me to trust Jesus at a deeper level. That really was what this whole invitation, I think I'm looking back now, I'm I'm three years on this side of it, and it was really an issue of not only would I allow God to heal me at a deeper level, was I willing to trust him, which meant that I would walk further into for want of a better phrase, exposure with him and, and go, I am not, I am actually going to be able to control less and less mm-hmm. if I keep following Jesus at at this proximity and with this degree of obedience. And um the thing is you walk with him enough and long enough you count the cost more, you're more aware of that counting the cost. And I, it was like a a really interesting point that I didn't think I'd ever find. It was never that I'm going to go and backslide and do something really bad. It was just, was I going to continue to move forward um, in close proximity to Jesus and be obedient to him and trust him at a deeper level? I love how you said that you're aware that you're always one thought away from being back where you came from. Because there's so much truth to that. It's, you know, being healthy has nothing to do with how people perceive you and think about you. It has everything to do with how you perceive and think about yourself, right. who you are in, in Christ, what He's called you to do, who He is to you. That's the key. And it sounds like in this season of life, that's what came into question again. It went into that cycle of questioning, am I, am I worth it? Am I valuable? Why is this person abandoning me? If if I thought that I was a decent human being and I could read people and I was capable of engaging in healthy friendships, then if I can't even read this situation, then, you know, you start questioning, you start questioning your value, your worth and going into down that path. And I also, you know, at the same time, the loss of your mom that raised you, I imagine that triggered some sort of feelings of belonging, you know? First of all, not belonging to a family and then having this family that adopted you and now your mom has passed away, did you feel like there was any like disattachment or feelings of like questioning your belonging or, you know, where do I belong in this world or anything like that that happened at her passing? Yeah, and I th- yes, and I think that w- that's something throughout my life I've had to fight to understand that you know God places the solitary in family, and obviously so much of my life and teaching is about identity and identity in Christ because I had to fight so much to um, to get there in that sense. But you know, it's this unravels it again because I think at the same time that I lost my mum, so there's the the natural sort of thing that is happening, and then this other person had provided a sense of spiritual family and community and a different world. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just lost that at the same time. And so then I'm just in this 
I'm in another country. So I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm an immigrant in another country. I really didn't belong in the family of origin that raised me. I was moving in terms of direction of of church and spiritual family and I'm, I'm I'm attached to another sort of spiritual family and then I'm like wow I just felt like abandoned by that so it was like here I am again in this no man's land questioning my legitimacy questioning mm-hmm. and I think that whole illegitimacy are you real and then you know two or three people that you don't know call you out and it, it it then undermines your legitimacy again like why are you doing what you're right. doing are you really legitimate so i i think the enemy and of course i believe there's a spiritual component the fact that that was the perfect storm totally. so there's it came so close to taking me out because once the physical reactions um started to happen i, I like couldn't control them like i couldn't stop shaking and um i was gripped by fear, like I just did not want to face a day. Like Nick literally carried me through that six-month period and then, you know, I went to intense counselling, um, which at least alleviated. In my case, I didn't need to take um, any medication or anything. I would have had I needed to, but we were able to process it um, differently. But I had to set up really strong guardrails to protect myself. Mm. Like I, I wouldn't even, I was posting things from my office, but I would not open social media to, you know, look at things myself or I I would go and do things. And I was very genuine in everything that I did, but it was very controlled in how much I would do and how yeah. often I would do it and just how much strength I had to do that. And I, I really gave myself, even myself, the permission to go, if you don't think you can get to the other side of this, um, you can step away from this. like, And for me to actually go there, like in my 50s, to think that I I may very honestly shut this whole thing down in order to be able to get up and keep going and parent my daughters and stay married and right, do what I'm called. Right. It had that strong a visceral wow. impact on me. You know what's interesting, Christine? I feel like from the outside looking in, so many people look at men and women in leadership and people who have people of influence and it's like oh everybody loves you you're surrounded by support and love and fans and followers but no that's not the reality the reality like you said is your world is small you have a few trusted people in your life and some people don't even have that which is scary because yeah. it's like Who do you open up to when the world is looking at you like, oh, you have all the answers. Well, no, I'm struggling. You know, you have to have those pockets of people in your life that you can really be open and honest with. And when one of those is taken away, it totally rocks your world. You know, Very much so. Okay, you guys, so there was a taste of what you can expect. And I'd love to hear from you, Deborah. Tell everyone, where can they find your show? How often do you release? When do you release? And I and I want to say this to the listener as well. You're listening to our voices somehow. It might be on your computer. It might be on your phone. You are listening to us. And so the best thing you can do for a podcaster, the best thing you do for, for myself or Deborah or any other show that you listen to is to go and subscribe to that podcast. Here's why it's amazing that you subscribe. Two reasons. Number one, you don't have to ever go look for the show ever again. You guys, there's no more like typing it in and searching for it. It pops up in your podcast. Um, reader where you listen 
every time a show is released. And so it's just there. Like, I love it. I'm a walker, Deborah. And so I listen to podcasts a lot when I'm walking. And I just open up my phone on my Overcast app. And there are my shows. And it's so good. Also, it really helps the podcast host as well. It helps their show, uh, the more subscribers that they have. And so I just want to encourage you guys. Go subscribe to these shows. Deborah, tell everyone where they can find your show, your webpage, and how often you release shows. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you can find it typically wherever you get your podcasts, like Jamie said. But a direct link would be to go to truelovedates.com or deborahfileta.com. Both of those places you can find direct links to the podcast. Right now, we're releasing an episode once a week, every Tuesday. Although, we have something exciting coming up. Um, Jamie and I and the team are planning on releasing something called Thursday Therapy or Therapy Thursdays. Just these little five-minute bite-sized therapy nuggets. And where that idea came is, you know, on Instagram, I'm constantly releasing these little nuggets, these little counseling tidbits. And I just thought it would be really fun. And my, my Instagram followers thought it would be really fun to start releasing those in podcast form. I think sometimes the whole world of counseling and psychology can feel so um, far-fetched or hard to reach or maybe not for me. But when you see it in these bite-sized little pieces, these little nuggets of truth, you hear these on-air sessions with people, I think you realize, you know what? Faith and counseling really do go hand in hand because it's all a part of the journey of healing that each of us are on. All right, Deborah, I am so excited. You guys heard the clip. Shows come out every Tuesday, so make sure you go find Love and Relationships with Deborah Faleda. Comes out on Tuesdays. February Couples Therapy. Is that live too? Yeah, on air couples therapy. Listen, I'm sweaty armpits about this. I just am just so anxious and I'm so excited and I love it so much. And then I can't wait for Therapy Thursdays in March. Deborah, we're so excited to have you um, come over to our Ivy Media Podcast um, Collective. Thank you for trusting us. Um, We believe in you and we love your show. And we know that it's going to be such a great resource to so many people as we journey through life. Deborah, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. It's so good to be with you guys. And I'm excited for what God's going to do this coming year. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivey, produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Tired of fighting your kids to make their bed? Say hello to Betty's. The unique design lets your kids make their bed with just a zip. Our patented bedding includes everything you need, a fitted sheet, top sheet, and comforter in one seamless piece that zips together. Kids love the feeling of accomplishment when they can make their bed by themselves every day. Make your mornings easier and visit Betty's.com. That's B-E-D-D-Y-S dot com.